Hi! Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Javon Johnson, member of the Swaggerville defense in 2011. Most outstanding defensive player of the year, retiring as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signing a one-day deal to do that. What's he up to now? What does he remember about those days? Also, we'll talk to Alexa Scott from Clandeboy, Manitoba, as she just won a bronze at the World Junior Speed Skating Championships. What's next for her? We'll find out on the podcast. Today, Javon Johnson signed a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and Javon joins us now on the CGOB Sports Show. Javon, congratulations on your retirement. I appreciate it. So why did you want to retire as a Blue Bomber? Uh, For me, it was kind of a a thing that I kind of went back and forth. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Um, But at the end of the day, it all boiled down to, you know, all the memories that I have from playing in Winnipeg and, you know, the, the... people that I've had the pleasure of, of now calling friends. Um, you know, the memories last forever, and I, I shared a majority of my career there, so that that's why I decided Winnipeg instead of Saskatchewan. And why deciding now to officially call it a career? Well, I mean, I kind of wanted to, to do it uh, prior to the season starting this past year, um, but you know, I didn't want to cause any distractions between uh, the team and their focus and everything that they were trying to accomplish. So I wanted to wait uh, till the off season, and uh, and I still had possibly a little bit of hope that I would uh, potentially play, um, but that didn't come about. And I knew that it was just probably time for me to go ahead and hang it up. How does your body feel? I'm fine. I I could honestly go out and play. Uh, another couple seasons if if, if I wanted to. Um I've I train still. Uh I get out on the field with my with my guys that I'm coaching and, and have to teach and show them how to do things. So I can still do it. It's just a matter of, of you know, if I had that opportunity, but you know, at this point I'm kinda done with it. How much fun were those days when you're part of that Swaggerville defense back in the day with the Blue Bombers? Man, if if I could put it into words, into perspective, you know, the amount of fun that we had, it was it was unparalleled to anything that I've ever had the chance of doing in my life. Um, you know, those guys, the amount of energy we played with, the the way that the fans supported us, the way the whole city rallied behind us and um, you know, what we what we were able to, to accomplish. Um it is it's it just makes you like get the chills even thinking about it. Um how far we came um to be able to start the season seven and one. Uh we kinda hit that little drought period in the middle of the year, kinda got a little too cocky and had to kinda bring ourselves back to reality a little bit. And uh and then we got back on our laser focus and and ultimately got uh got to the Great Cup and we felt like we had a given ourselves a chance to win. Were you rooting for the Bombers in the Grey Cup this past fall? I was. Uh, secretly, I was, but I wouldn't have publicly said that at the moment. But um, now that that is all said and done, you know, I'm very, I'm very happy that those guys were able to accomplish what they accomplished. Um, the fans deserve it. The organization deserves it. And, 
you know, they put together a, a championship caliber team. And playing against them in 2018, you knew they had that championship pedigree with uh, the makeup of the guys they had. You know, they just needed a few other pieces, and uh, they went out and found those and uh, and ultimately led them to the Great Cup Championship. So you've been a member of the Blue Bombers. You won a Great Cup with the Rough Riders. You had a couple tours in Regina. What kind of perspective did that give you on this rivalry between the Riders and the Bombers to be on both sides of it? Yeah, when you when you play on both sides of it, you kind of get a, a a good sense of you know what it's all about. Um, the fans, both sets of fans, are amazing. You know, you know some days one's better than the other. Uh, other days the other's better than the other. So I mean, it, it all depends on what side you're on. If I'm when you're on the Saskatchewan side, then the Saskatchewan fans seem like they got the edge. And when you're on the Winnipeg side, it seems like the Winnipeg fans have the edge. So. Um, you know, it's a, a heated rivalry, one that um, lasts for a long time, and it's just going to continue to to be what it is. And uh, you just learn to appreciate both both sides of it. What did it mean to you to be the first defensive back to ever be named the most outstanding defensive player in the CFL? Man, that, it was it was a, a thing that I wouldn't I didn't even know to be honest um, until. You know, leading up to the the award ceremony, uh, it was brought to my attention that if I did win, I would be the only defensive back in the history. I kind of thought of it. Um, I was it was kind of hard to believe at first uh, because a league over 100 years and not one defensive back ever. Uh, when you got guys that had 15 interceptions in a season, Ryan Phillips had 12 not too long ago. Um, you know. It, it just it was kind of hard to believe, to be honest. But, you know, I, I appreciate being the first. And um, now going down in history, you know, anytime they talk about defensive backs winning the, the award, they always will mention me as the first one to ever do it. Talking with Javon Johnson, who today signed a one-day or one day contract to retire as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So now that you have officially hung it up for your career and you didn't play in the CFL last year. What have you been doing? Um, I've been coaching. Um, I'm coaching at Defiance College. Last year I went to the coaches convention in San Antonio in February. Um, I ran into a guy who, who was the offensive coordinator in Winnipeg back in 2009, Manny Matsakis. And uh, we, we kind of met and talked about a couple of things said he might have an opportunity for me. And uh, a couple days later, I went back to uh, Regina, where I was actually residing at in the offseason. And uh, he called and offered me the job. And uh, I drove down uh, within a couple days and, you know, started to get to work recruiting, uh, hitting the road, contacting kids and trying to give kids an opportunity to play at the college level. Uh, then the season started, and you know I, I had two out of my four starting defensive backs uh, were all conference. We probably should have had more, but you know at the end of the day, we don't get to choose who who makes it and who doesn't. Um, Towards by the end of the season, I was I was calling the shots as a defensive coordinator. We went from giving up 50 plus points a game to giving up less than 13 in the four games that I coordinated. So I was hired as the defensive coordinator going forward. Um, and I'm really excited with this young group of guys that I have with all the potential that they have uh, to help them grow as, as players and help them reach their maximum potential. 
So Defiance College, is that in Ohio? Yes, it is. Okay, and uh, D- Division Three. Yes, Division Three. yep. Okay. What is it about coaching that at, at first was appealing to you as a football p- person that's been involved in the game for so long? Well, I, I just enjoy the impact of it. You know, being able to, to help a young athlete steer their career uh, wherever they see fit, try to help them reach uh, things that they never thought they could they can ever uh, reach. So um, just pushing and challenging them and uh, just continuing to be a voice of reason, helping them see the bigger picture and why people are on you when they're on you and uh, ultimately get them to do all the little things right. Throughout my career as a player, you know, I've mentored so many young guys, so many young players that come into the league and, you know, even some young NFL guys, NFL guys who thought that coming to the CFL will be easy for them, and they struggled, and they wondered why. And I tried to let them know that, you know, just because it's it's not the NFL, uh, you, these guys can play football. These guys are former NFL, NFL guys or guys that have a, a hunger about themselves that, you know, they can accomplish anything they want to accomplish. So you can't just go out there and think of them as lesser than you because you were an NFL draft pick or NFL signee or whatever, because we all played in the NFL at some point or another. Um, but, you know, you just keep mentoring. And, you know, I was able to help a lot of a lot of young guys, you know, reach their pinnacle and become all-stars and, you know, ultimately get paid what they felt they were worth and, and things like that. So, I mean, I could run off names for days of guys that, that I helped get there, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And how do you think your time as a, as a football player helped you in this job now from a strategy point of view? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it helps because I've seen it all. Um, I've seen practically every offense you can throw at me. Uh, I've seen every defense that you could possibly play. I've done it. You know, I've, I've helped mentor and coach it. Um, I've helped direct it. I had coaches throughout my career at some point or another that wanted me to teach the defense of uh, guys how to run certain defenses because I played in it. Um, so I would just take the lead on that and um, and teach it and show them how to do it. And then ultimately uh, we would have success doing it. I mean, 2011 in Winnipeg, Coach Burke, our defensive coordinator, um, he had no idea what we did the year before in 2010. Uh, with our defense because our defense was really good in 2010. We just lost a lot of close games. Um, but in 2011, he wanted guys that have been there to, to help him understand what we did. And uh, and I taught the defense basically um, of how we did things and why we did it, and and it's helping me for sure as a, as a coach. Well, again, congratulations, Devon, on your retirement. Continued success as a coach, and good luck going forward here. Thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate you guys all the time. 18 year old Alexa Scott, a name to remember. The speed skater from Clandeboy went to Poland last month for the World Junior Speed Skating Championships, captured the all around bronze medal. The first Canadian woman in a dozen years to accomplish the feat. She's super talented, a great story. And this afternoon, she came in to CJOB to talk about her accomplishments. What's life been like since you got back from Poland? Uh, it's been pretty busy. Um, 
I've been a few different places since I got home, but uh, I have a lot of support here, and uh, everyone's really happy for me, so it's been really nice. Let's go back to the Worlds in Poland. We talked before you went over there about getting to participate in this again. Not your first time at the World Juniors. No. But uh, I think it's your third time? Yes, it's my third time. So getting close but not to the podium your first two times, how important was it to get to the podium for you this year? It was definitely the main goal. Um, so it to actually achieve it was really great. Um, I had like food poisoning from oh. Belarus, so... Uh, I definitely had a moment where I thought maybe I couldn't do it, but uh, I just took it race by race, and it turned out okay. So I'm happy about that. How did from what? What did you eat? Uh, we went out for pizza one night, and I think I got sick from that. But from pizza, you'd think that in a foreign country, pizza would be the most trustworthy thing. Yeah, you'd think, but you know, can't always trust it. <laughs> okay, so you go into this tournament, you're not feeling your best. No. But knowing that you would be able to skate. How did you get over that hurdle, the added hurdle of being sick too? Uh, yeah, my coach from Manitoba was there, Tyler Dara, and he's a huge support, and we've been through a lot together. So having him there to uh, back me up definitely helped a lot. He kind of pushed me, and I I needed that kind of faith in me at that day. So the way that this tournament works is it's not you're getting a medal for this race, a medal for that race. You can do that, but it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the overall title, right? Yeah, they um, they accumulate your time from all your races, and then you get the all-around title. Uh, there's also some people that go and just like go to win individual distance, but here in Canada, we really value the all-around, so uh, we were going for the all-around. Okay, and what were the races that you participated in, the distances? Uh, I skated the 500 and the 1500 the first day, and then the 1000 and the 3000 meter the second day, which got me my all-around, and then on the last day, I did the team sprint and then team pursuit. And which is your best and which is your weakest? Uh, my best distances are the middle distances, definitely the 1,000, the 1,500. Uh, my weakest distance, I would say, is still the 500 because I used to be kind of like a 3K skater, but uh, Tyler's kind of pushed me into the middle distances more, which is like been good. So, uh, But the 500 went really well, so I, I can't really... What mind. makes that one more difficult for you? Um, you just don't have as much time to build into it, and I'm like... You're more of a steady pace skater? Uh, I have a really good lap, but okay. I don't have a very good start. So okay. like 100 meters to get into it is like the 500 has the longest start, so it's the 100 meters, and that's hard for me because uh, I really build a lot of my speed in the, the corners, and that's why my lap is good. So uh, I've been learning to bring back my 500 time in my lap. Okay. So the overall bronze is what you got, right? Mm-hmm. How proud are you of that? Uh, I'm very proud. Uh, yeah. Bronze was probably what I, I thought maybe I could get silver, but uh, after overcoming everything, like bronze is a great success like for me. And uh, only five Canadian girls have ever got a medal. And um, most of them are from here. Oh, uh, from the all around. Yeah, Shan Rempel and uh, Sylvie Burka. They're they're amazing skaters. So uh, just to be in the same category as them is like a, an honor in itself. So you didn't podium in any specific race right no uh just the weekend before i did okay so what's the i guess the mindset then knowing that you have to do well in every race it's kind of like the decathlon right you got to do well in everything but you don't necessarily need to win any of those yeah exactly so that was i i thought i had potential to medal in the 1500 and the thousand but i was feeling pretty not good on before those races so um 
I just keeping like the mindset that like you didn't have to win every race. It's like it's good. Like it's better to be like the jack of all trades and the master of one kind of. And uh, there's a lot of time to focus on individual distances when you're a senior. And then you don't get to you don't have to be down on yourself when you don't win a race. No, exactly. Like I feel like a lot of skaters psych themselves out when they like have a bad race, but like. Like you can bring a lot of time back in the 3K because the girls that are really fast in the 500 don't skate good 3Ks, and uh, it's just like a fine balance. Right. So you mentioned you can worry about individuals when you get to seniors. Is this your last year of juniors, or do you have more time? Yeah, this is my last year of juniors, so the medal was definitely it was do or last minute it. to do it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, next year's senior, so I gotta race with the big girls, and I've been racing with the big girls all season, but. Uh, now I have to actually win with the big girls, so right. uh, it's it'll be fine. I went to Milwaukee for a four continents championship, which was a senior championship, and I got fourth in the thousand, fourth in the fifteen hundred. So uh, that gave me a lot of confidence that I can like roll with the big girls, and like they're all amazing skaters out there in Calgary, and I just like I'm honored to like train with them and like learn from them. So um, hopefully I can like keep learning from them and eventually catch up to them is this season done or there's still more races uh i'm going back to calgary next week and then i have two more weekends of racing and then the season's over so my last two weekends of racing as a junior bittersweet yeah it's definitely bittersweet i have had a pretty good junior career uh especially for um athlete in canada so i'm it's like good and bad like I'm ready for a new challenge and I'm not like scared of racing with the big girls and but uh you know you want to like savor it but I'm going for a couple national junior records next weekend I'm like 0.2 to 0.3 off both the thousand and the 1500 so it'll be more bitter if I don't get those (laughs) 0.2 and 0.3 seconds don't sound like a lot yeah but is it hard to get over those just milliseconds in this sport yeah you sometimes it feels like it's hard. Uh, I'm still young, so I'm kind of banking on that. I can still like jump up a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's mostly harder to like hit like certain times. Like it was really hard to go sub two minutes in the fifteen hundred, but like once you do that once, you're kind of like in it. And then like the five hundred, it's like hard to go sub forty, but once you're there, you you've done it. So um, these point two, this point three, um. It'll be tough, but I skated the thousand in my PB in the thousand in Milwaukee, and now I'm like way closer to it. So Calgary is fast, so I should be able to. Do what do you it. mean by it's fast? Uh, Calgary is like the fastest ice in the world, like uh, the altitude and everything. Salt Lake City is similar, and I skated Salt Lake City at my first Junior Worlds, but like that ice is like the altitude and the amount of time the ice keepers put into it. It's like it's really fast. So what makes good fast ice then compared to something? How do you quantify that? Just it's, it's uh, altitude. Okay. Yeah. But the ice itself, like the surface. Um, yeah. There's definitely there's too hard ice. So then you can't like grip into it, especially for a girl that's like light, like me. And then there's like ice where it's like soft that you're just like skating through slush. Like sometimes if you don't have a good cooling system, you can have like slow ice. It kind of drags you back when it's soft, but like when it's hard, you just like, can't like bite into it as good so like it's a fine line between like grip and less grip and it varies between okay. the, what kind of athlete you are if you're a bigger guy you can like push in the hard ice but if you're like smaller sprinter you, girl you probably can't so yeah are most of the rinks you skate on indoors outdoors or is it a mix 
Yeah, um, most of the rinks I race on now are indoors, but uh, juniors alternates between indoors and outdoors. So last year I skated in Italy outdoors. Um, they've been trying to do a few more World Cups, which are outdoors, which is awesome because I train here and we have an outdoor rink mm-hmm. and it's probably the toughest rink to train on I'd in the say. world. But like, it's fun to skate outdoors because you can't control as many things. Like long track, sometimes you get in your own head because it's like you're controlling everything you do. Like whether your skates are sharp, whether... Like you have a good race, like whether you execute your goals, like it's not like short track where people can like screw you up. Like, so um, outdoors gives a little more of a variable. Like you can't control everything. You can't control if the wind picks up. So it's more, more fun. You prefer outdoors. Um, I wouldn't know if I'd say that, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, I skate better, I think indoors on faster ice, but I've been like learning to adapt to slower ice. Uh, I definitely skated really good in, Minsk, Belarus, that was like probably a lower altitude rink. So, um, yeah, uh, outdoors is just fun. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be joining the senior circuit. What's the biggest hurdle for you physically to get to that level or you feel like you're there already? Um, yeah, the biggest, the biggest challenge was, is probably the other girls are, are strong and they've had a lot of experience on the senior circuit. So, um, Earning the spot sometimes is harder than like actually racing the World Cups, so um, I definitely like think my technique has come a long ways this year, and I I think my like mental game has come a long ways. So it'll just be like continuing to get stronger and continuing to improve improve on like my mental strength and my nutrition strength, so I can get stronger, and hopefully I can like chase down these girls. The the girls spend a lot of time on the bike, and I'm not the best on the bike, so. And definitely if I improve that, I'll improve all around. And is that something that you can do? Because in the summertime, I imagine there's not a lot of skating you can do. Uh, yeah, Calgary has ice all year round. So okay. uh, I'll be moving out to Calgary this summer, which will help me a lot because having all that ice. But uh, yeah, they, they ride the bike a lot because a lot of the girls on the team I'm training with are like long distance skaters. So just to get that aerobic uh, throughout the summer is really important for them and I, I've never really had that. I we usually skate in a lot of short track and do a lot of dry land. So like, uh, I like focus more on my like strength and I, I have a good aerobic base. But just to take it to the next level, like it's always good to stay humble and have the girls uh, push me. So uh, I think just having a different training group will help too. I guess when you think about how much time they must spend on a bike. That's why Clara Hughes was able to go to the Olympics on a bike and do well there too. Oh, yeah. Clara Hughes was an uh, absolute beast on a bike. She just like used to, uh, my coach used to train with her and he just said whenever they hit a hill, she'd just be gone. And the guys <laughs> couldn't even keep up with her. She was, she's super strong and I, I admire her a lot, but I, I'm not that strong on a bike. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a pure skater, I'd say. I'm, even like inlining skating, yeah. I... I'm not the strongest, but it's better. Uh, I'm more dry land okay. skating, yeah. Do you get any spare time? Uh, not really. Um, skating is kind of a full-time job. Uh, I work a part-time job also, which takes up all my other time. So uh, when I was going to school last semester, I was definitely uh, juggling it all around. Um, usually I'm in Calgary two weeks every month, or I'm at an indoor oval. I'm away from home two weeks every month, so... Yeah, free time is in short supply, but uh, I think it'll be better next year when I'm in Calgary and I don't have to travel as much. Okay. But um, yeah, I guess the benefit of like traveling and stuff like that is you get to travel, but you lose a lot of time to. Yeah, travel. I guess on a plane you can 
watch a show or something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, your free time is your eight-hour flight to cross the sea. Which is... Okay, so living in Calgary, then are are you still gonna are you gonna go back to school or are you gonna stay away from school when you're in Calgary? How's that gonna work? No, I'm gonna go back to school. Uh, the Oval is actually on the University of Calgary, and uh, they have a uh, great programs. Um, so you're gonna I, go to Calgary? Yeah, okay. I just uh, don't really know what I want to take yet. I focus most of my high school career on skating, and uh, I didn't like get the opportunities that like my peers did to like experience other like streams and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I was not in school very often but um like I'm working my way into it if I take like open studies I can find something that clicks with me because I'm not the kind of person that can just do something like that isn't I'm not going to devote all my time to like I'm like passionate in skating so I need to find something that has like equal passion in my life so uh that's the struggle right now now you mentioned skating as a full-time job do you actually make any money skating uh, sometimes skating. I, I'm part of the next gen national team, so so you get funding. It is yeah, we're funded, and um, sometimes like certain races you get money for, but it's kind of like just do you get prize money if you do well. Sometimes, yeah, uh, it just depends on the race. Like senior championships have a little bit of money sometimes, and uh, some World Cups you can get a little bit of prize money, but you have to be pretty good to do that. Okay, <laughs> so that's a goal, I suppose. Yeah, it's just a perk, I guess, of yeah. doing well. Like you don't. Go, I don't think I know any skaters that go for the prize money, but... Um, it's not lucrative. Yeah, it's just like a added bonus. Okay. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, do you still have your sights set on 2022? Oh, yeah. The Olympics? For sure. I The next Olympics, like, it's going to be tough. Uh, the team is going to be strong, and the, the pool to pick from is going to be strong, but um, I think I can give it a run, uh, especially in those middle distances where maybe some of the girls... Uh, won't want to as much skate that so they can focus on more of the sprints or their distance. So uh, I'm definitely like in an elite few in ca- Canada that want to skate the 1,000 and the 1,500. So um, yeah, that's a big goal. It's less than two years away. Yeah, um, I know, but uh, I'm never one to sh- shy away. Uh, there's always six years if I don't make it. Like you might as well shoot for it. And if you don't make it, you, you don't make it. Like it's not the end of the world. How old are you? Uh, I'm 18, but I'll be 19 next month. So you'll still be, you'll, you got lots of time left here. I got lots of time in my career for sure. But, you know, like get your rookie Olympics done when you're young and then you can really do well in the next one. All right, Alexa, I appreciate you coming by. Thanks for stopping in and continued success. Best of luck in Calgary. Hey, thank you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?